party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Pooja for a game of C-Issue X. C-Issue X is a tabletop role-playing game for one or more players about superhero stories and the people who write them. Whether you are playing solitaire or with a group, the way the game works is you have a deck of playing cards that you draw from to create a superhero, their elaborate complicated, convoluted backstory, uh, and you draw cards, answer prompts, and, and this is one of my favorite mechanics in any game ever, physically write notes on a deck of playing cards, basically ruining it with markers and whiteout to create a living document of the complicated comic book history that, uh, unfolds before you. The way that you do this is that you continually cycle cards back into your deck, and then you keep drawing cards that have prompts from previous adventures, characters, themes, settings, and you are challenged with finding out how all of these complicated bits fit together again and again and again as your hero's story continues onward and onward and onward. If my tone has not made it clear, I love this game a whole lot. The prompts that the game gives you uh, really flesh out like a vibrant comic book world. They're knowing and imaginative and evocative. The act of destroying a deck of cards and creating this like unique play document or, or artifact of play is a really fun and beautiful and kind of transgressive thing. Um, it's just a wonderful, beautiful game. One of my absolute favorites, which makes it pretty appropriate that I got to play it with Pooja, who is one of my absolute favorite people. Pooja is a tabletop streamer, a content creator. You can catch her every other Monday on Manapot Studios' Twitch channel for Streets of Gotham, which is a Blades of the Dark-inspired uh, crime heist game about a number of hench people to notable Gotham City villains as they kind of cut their way through the city. It is uh, an unbelievably fun time. It is uh, some great players playing a great game and telling some wonderful stories. You can also catch Pooja every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Nat One Fun Twitch channel for Running Feywild, or every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern for Strange Hungers on Total Party Kiss. You can find links to all of those in the show notes. Now, a few quick things before we dive in. One, C-Issue X is currently on Kickstarter. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Go check it out. Like I said, this is one of my favorite games. I am so excited to see it on crowdfund. It is almost funded at the time of me recording these words. Go back it, make it a reality. It is a really joyful and fun single-player role-playing game. Uh, that just allows you to create a little piece of art that you carry with you. I cannot uh, recommend this game enough. Go check that out. That's the link to that in the show notes. Secondly, I do want to mention that we are still in our year-end pledge drive for Party of One. Uh, we are raising money for better guest payments, editing support, and to pay Jen and I for our time producing the show. I do want to shout out our latest Patreon backers, Peter Brown and Sean Patrick Kane. Uh, for their support on Patreon. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for helping making the show happen, as well as all of the other stuff that I do. Patreon backers get early access to episodes, raw audio from episodes, exclusive podcasts, including Party of None, which is an actual-ish play podcast focused on single-player role-playing games. You'll see C-Issue X on there in the very near future, as well as early access to games and other materials as they're written. You can find all of that at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. And with all of that said... Let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. Uh, this week, I am like the most excited that I can be. I am sitting down with Pooja. Pooja, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I am so excited to be here. I am legitimately thrilled. You know, something like like we have played enough games together at this point and that I was just like, this is going to be just a good time with a friend and I'm the most excited that I can be. 
Yeah, same. Exactly. So why don't you, at the top of the episode, take a moment and let our lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Okay. Hi, friends. Hi, listeners. Uh, I am Pooja, usually found on the internet at Pooja on Twitter, at Pujabarwaki in on all other spaces. And uh, I basically just do a lot of make-believe roleplay on the internet. Like, it's just fun telling stories that are more it's interesting than my own. It's seriously so fun is the thing. Exactly. Um, and uh, when this comes out, I will be... Um, Doing several things. Primarily, you can find me on Saturdays over on Total Party Kiss, where um, I'm in a D&D 5e horror campaign set in a homebrew world, uh, but it's an all-queer table, and so we are specifically exploring horror through the lens of queer storytelling, and it is beautiful, and it is safe, and it is so brainwormy. It's the best. Uh, That's so dope. It is very, very good. And uh, the other persistent things I'm in um, every other week on Manapot Studios, currently on Monday, but there may be a schedule change, so do watch out for that. I play Streets of Gotham, which is a Blades in the Dark light uh, gameplay of where we are a bunch of henchfolk to famous Gotham villains, probably your favorite Gotham villains. And uh, I'm particularly proud of my own part in it, because I play Manny Quinn, who is the wife of one Harley Quinn. And uh, surprisingly, they have a very healthy relationship. I'm happy to say it's lovely. The the name puts the biggest smile on my face. Like I really can't emphasize enough how good the name is. Oh, I'm not going to name names, but one of our players did not realize until last (laughs) week that it was a pun. That makes me extremely happy. <laughs> yeah, they just they just thought of her as Manny, and you know what? I respect that. I, I love it. I appreciate it. I respect it. Oh, and then the last thing I was going to plug was uh, every other Wednesday over on Nat One Fun, I'm in a campaign called Running Feywild, which is just a uh, absolutely chaotic uh, Feywild campaign. So lots of fun things uh, in lots of different places. It's a good time. It is a good time. Um, and this week we are going to have an especially good time because uh, we are both going to channel our inner comic book and superhero nerds to play C Issue X, which is a role playing game for one or more players about superheroes and the people that write them. Um, we both have a deck of playing cards in front of us. We both have some markers in front of us. I've got some white out in front of me. And we are going to ruin a deck of cards while we <laughs> create a little bit of superhero mythology. Yeah. Um, so the way the game works is, um, this is a game about modern day superhero comics. We are going to be playing a particular hero and the writer tasked with scripting their adventures against an escalating pile of background continuity. Um, we are going to draw cards and those cards are going to inform the events that occur in an ongoing superhero comic. As that happens, like as plot elements get introduced, as major moments come up in the life of the hero, we are going to literally write those things down onto the playing cards themselves. That That is what we're going to do when I say we're going to ruin these decks of cards and I could not be more excited. <laughs> and um, as we are doing that, as we are writing things down, we're going to be shuffling the cards and redrawing them so that... As cards with things written on them come up again and again and again, we will keep integrating in those plot elements and creating that really complex, interwoven uh, superhero mythology that is so special to my heart. And so, with that, 
now that we've kind of explained the deal, um, why don't we go ahead and dive in? Yeah. So, uh, the way that the game begins is we are going to be building our personal deck, and the way that we're going to be building our personal deck is we are going to be exploring our hero's origin stories. Um, so, uh, we've each pulled two cards each from the four suits in a deck of playing cards. So, I've got the queen and five of spades, the queen and nine of clubs, the six and seven of hearts, and the ace and eight of diamonds. All right, and I can go through mine. Yeah. I've got the queen of hearts and the three of hearts, the nine of clubs and the ten of clubs, the seven of spades and the eight of spades, the ace of diamonds and the eight of diamonds. And uh, what we are going to do is immediately, um, we're just going to start marking up cards immediately because we are going to take one of each of those uh, suits of cards and we are going to write down a piece of information on each of them. Um, I, I think we'll go back and forth and define them. We'll kind of interweave these two as we kind of bounce back and forth and fill out our, our respective, uh, pieces of hero information. So we will start with, um, the, the, the suit of spades, which is our superpowers suit. Spades always represent superpowers and superhero-y things. Um, so if a spade comes up, it represents, you know, action and adventure and powers and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, what we're going to write on one of our spades is what our superpowers are, if they are sorcery or gadgets or what the thing is that we do. And I've already got an idea, so I'm going to write it down. I'll talk through it and then I'll write it down. So here's what I'm thinking, Pooja. Okay. I'm looking at the deck of cards that I, that I have in front of me. And I talked to you a little bit about this before we recorded, but... Um, I've had this deck of cards that I've used on every card-based party of one episode since 2017, and this feels like the right moment to, to, to take them to the next level. And on it, it's got this drawing of, like, a jester sitting on a wasp, and it's the, it's been this weird thing that I've looked at for the last five years, and I've been, like, and it's very strange, it's such a weird piece of decoration that like when i was like what kind of superhero do i want to make i was like i, I want it to bring in that imagery because it's so kind of weird and surreal mm-hmm. so i googled laughing bug because i kind of googled clown bug and laughing bug i did a few combinations and the laughing cicada is a variety of cicada and so the visual that i got was like Because, like, thinking about cicadas as, like, a thing that, like, emerge every few years and generally, like, cause chaos, especially across farming communities as a guy that grew up in a farming community. Like, that idea of, like, a cloud of bugs coming and just, like, causing chaos. I imagined, like, a farmer seeing a cloud of bugs and then getting swept up in, like, a swarm of, of these, like, screeching cicada bugs and becoming a little bit like a trickster god. Ooh. And that's kind of the energy. And I mentioned this to you as well, because like Sandman just came out a few days ago as this as of this recording. So that kind of horror comic energy is in the air for me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm chasing it. So I think that with that set, like that's the that's the that's the aesthetic that I'm going for. So as I as I say all of that, I'm going to throw it over to you and say, do you have any initial impulses that you want to chase when you're thinking about superhero designs? Um, well, one of the ones that I was thinking about just based on themes that I'm exploring in my own other horror game is, uh, I like the idea of 
personal metamorphosis and coming to terms with that. And so maybe there might be spoilers <laughs> for the other game in here, but um, I like the idea of my superhero character having a shifting ability. But mm. specifically, uh, of course, because I have to do this, everything has to be uh, colored with my own background. So specifically, the ability to shift into a white tiger. That's sick. I love that. That's cool as hell. All right. Well, then I'm. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm whiting out this queen of this queen of spades right now. It immediately feels wrong, uh, <laughs> and it's putting a giant smile on my face. I'm gonna grab this green marker. I'm gonna shake this card until it dries out a little bit, and I'm gonna write on this card. It's. I don't quite. I haven't fully grasped what it means yet, but I'm gonna write chaos clouds. Hmm. Cause like that idea of like the cl- like the visuals of like the cloud of swar like bugs and like kind of chaos magic related to that is very appealing to me and that is what I am putting on this uh, Queen of Hearts card. I've written it. Show it to you. Uh, it's nice. it, the card is the card is marked, and I am I am pleased with it. So I I I think that it is a little bit in the nature of chaos, a little bit unpredictable. I think yeah. it is. You know, and it can it can take a few different forms depending on the thing. I, I think that it kind of has that energy. But the one thing that I really like is uh, because we're, because as we were, we were also talking about this off mic, as 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 two Doctor Who nerds, <laughs> that idea of appearing where you are needed is like my jam, right? Yeah. Like that idea of like a cloud, a cloud emerges and some cicadas yell and then somebody steps out of an alleyway is like, pretty that's cool. my everything. It's pretty cool. Um, and in the very similar vein, the idea of a untapped reserve of strength that uh, you learn to use in those moments of dire need. It's kind of like that... The whole, you know, the thing of Doctor Who where what's, to me, sometimes more interesting than the story of the Doctor is the the bravery and the story of the companions who are usually, well, depending on who's writing, uh, not special snowflakes and very normal humans. <laughs> uh, I like that idea of somebody, you know, we're going to be talking to metaphor. So being able to tap into the deepest reserves yeah. of who they are in order to um, channel what they need to. But as as far as uh like the cool and the chaos cloud, I had this image of tigers, cats generally with the pouncing. I love the idea of there being this dreaded silence, like mm. a, a, a a powerful silence where you know when a cat is mad. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's yeah. 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 It's like you're. It's it's like the the, the silence of knowing that the other shoe is about to drop. Predatory That's, silence, maybe. Predatory we'll silence. Predatory silence is great. Oh, and the idea of writing that like as a power is like extremely cool. Of like that vibe, like you said, like that vibe that like it, it the almost like the world goes silent in those mm-hmm. moments, like. There, that's that's a very cool like comic book aesthetic, right? Like, yeah, I can almost visualize on the page like the little asterisks with the little like and the and the like. Line. <laughs> I can almost picture like sequences where you're doing your hero thing, like all the word bubbles and the onomatopoeias drop out as like everything goes quiet as you yeah. just like go into action. Like, it's so cool. It's so cool. 
Uh, so now we're going to define a person that is important to us. This is going to okay. be our heart card. Every time a hearts card comes up, it is an important person in the story. It is like prominent characters. These are going to become our villains and our our recurring uh, supporting characters, love interests, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so you're going to mark the card with the name of a friend or family member you care about, and then we're going to talk through what makes them special to you. Okay. Um, I I get the vibe. I'm visualizing this like plains farmer. It's got to be, I, I got to draw a little, I got to tip the cap to Superman a little bit. Like it's yep. like a Great Plains, Kansas farmer, right? I immediately pictured like a plaid, a pearl snap button down and jeans. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly that before he gets kind of swept up. I think I'm going to go he, his pronouns and like get swept up. And I think that he has a husband at home. Like, I mm-hmm. think that like part of this journey is, and I'm going to write down the husband's name as Henry, I'm going to go Henry Cyrus. Nice. And I think that like, there is, there is a, there is a romantic element there and because uh, and this is this is this is part of the joy of this of this game with a with a fellow comic book fan is just talking about like talking about like from a writer's angle. I I am always drawn towards, and this might just be because I am a I am an ancient an ancient being, but like <laughs> I love stories of I love seeing in comic books like married like older married couples that are allowed to be married couples. Yes. I feel like um, for a lot of comics, like they kind like, and it's understandable for like that pull of drama, right? But I, but yeah. like, I feel like a lot of comic books kind of pull away from that idea of like these are two people in like a healthy married relationship, and that is kind of what I picture between these two is like they are they are married, they have been married for a long time, and they are they are they are happy in that, right? Like if if there is drama in this relationship, it is not due to like. Uh, are we going to break up? It's like, well, yes. we're married. Like, if that is going to come up, it's going to come up in a much more serious context. Yes. I mean, you know I'm a sucker for that, hence the whole, uh, character I play in Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I love that. So you, the, your character, you said, is the husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they are, they are husbands. I, I think they, he is, um, I, I, I think that there is... I like I also that that gives me the idea that like he comes back home and that is a nice touch right like this I yeah. that that wandering here it's not he's not a doctor uh he's not a he's not a he's not a person that wanders forever like he has a place that he comes back to I love that um well if you're going the established relationship route which I love uh I'm going to go for another beloved trope uh, how about uh, rivals to lovers? Because who doesn't good. love that? Who doesn't um, love that? Who doesn't love a good rivals to lovers? I'm thinking um, because you got to go with a good uh, gender fluid name. We're gonna go with Rain, uh, and they are um, her uh, former. I want to say maybe like post college age graduate school uh rival turned to much much more because you know you realize a lot of the, the we're going with the thin thin line between love and hate love that all about it classic <laughs> and so uh we're also going to go on again off again and for the dramas let's go off at the moment love it all right so once we've written that down 
then we're going to write down a, a one of our diamonds. Diamonds are values, principles we hold dear, virtues we try to live up to, lessons that we've learned. So you're going to write down on one of your diamonds an ideal that gives you strength when things are bad. And I've written one down that, like, I'm interested in exploring, but we're going to mark that card with a principle you believe in, and then we're going to talk about how we learned that ideal. Okay. Um, the thing that I wrote down was a world of mystery, and I put a little, put a few, like, question marks on the thing. I, I kind of, there's that vibe, like, it, it ties in nicely to kind of that, that Sandman-y vibe that I've been kind of, like, visualizing in my head of, like... This is a strange world. This is a world of weird things, right? Like I am someone that was sucked up by a cloud of by a cloud of screaming bugs and now <laughs> suddenly like I am connected to the to the aether of the world in some way and like I kind of get the vibe I kind of get the vibe that this character is is in it that he's here for he's here to see it all, right? Like I um I had an experience watching the first when the first trailer for Thor Love and Thunder came out, like I had a real experience and I of like because like they didn't show the villain at all and like mm -hmm. they didn't like reveal like what the plot of the film was gonna be, and it was largely just shots of Thor kind of gliding through space. Yep. And in my head, and like like I I was I am a sucker, and I, I was like, oh, that's what the movie's gonna be. And I was like, that is such a weird idea of like <laughs> seeing a hero that just is kind of like seeing things to see them and i was like that's such a cool like thing that that uh, that that idea has kind of burrowed into my head and i kind of want to put it here as like a character like this sort of weird chaos entity thing that is kind of just seeing the strangeness of the world i love that and it 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 yeah, once again the themes are the themes like in terms of sandman in terms of like mm -hmm. doctor who you've got explorations of the world and discoveries of the unknown being its own driving force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Um, to kind of stick with the whole personal discovery, I feel like your character might be doing a lot of external investigating and mm -hmm. mine's going to be focused inwards. And what struck me is the phrase, uh, light through darkness Ooh, and kind of this idea of accepting like having to work through instead of fight the darkest parts of you to get to the light that's so cool that that's sick that's sick piece. and so with that finally we are going to mark down our club and on one of our club cards we are going to write down a place that is special for us. Clubs always represent places. They represent locations, the scene of the battle, the the villains' headquarters, wherever wherever we end up. Places will be will be tied to hearts. So you're going to define a place that is important to you. And this I have to think about for a bit. So if you have a place, if you have a place in your head, a place that your character spends a lot of time. I. I, I went through a couple of ideas quickly in my head, and the one that is the most ridiculous, and which is why I feel like you gotta go with that instinct. Gotta go with, gotta go with that instinct sometimes. Sometimes it's a, the right option. Yeah, is it's a co-op. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not a store co-op, a living co-op. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm into it. It's like this 
very large, uh, we're going to be, you know, this, since this could be anywhere, it's a very large old home, probably to somebody rich at one point, kind of running, run down, not the best from the outside, has been repurposed in the interior to home a bunch of grown adults who have formed their own community and family together. Now, you mentioned, you said, like, when you when you said the words not a food co-op, like, I'm thinking about this character and I'm going to pull this in the other ridiculous direction. Yes. And kind of, and like, I'm, I'm writing this down as like, not a specific location, but like an archetypal one. Mm-hmm. The idea of like, it being a farmer's market. Yes. Is really, f- like, it's it, the idea that like, he seek that like, he like can be found in like a farm like in a given farmer's market is really fun just as like a, a place that he kind of is a sucker for yeah that's a really fun little touch here's the question what booth does he man i think that like i think that what it is is like in his hometown uh which we are going to um in his hometown, which we're going to label uh, Morrison, Kansas. And Morrison, he mans a – it's like a like a, like a a berry stand. Like they yeah. sell berry, like seasonal berries, like different berries depending on the season. So sometimes cherries and sometimes blueberries. Like it varies by the season, right? And I think that like as he kind of wanders through the, through the aether, I think that like a lot of times – where he, you know, when he's not sort of being pulled somewhere for, like, a sort of mystical reason, you might find him, like, across the country at a farmer's market in Alaska just, like, kind of strolling the di- the different booths and, like, Aww. looking at things as just kind of a, you know, a lot of the sort of what I call the Doctor Who interstitial shots where it's, like, yes. you see the brief shot of the Doctor on an alien planet is him at, like a market is him at like a market in some like uh in some distant part of america or some distant part of the world like just like happily conversing about things with people and like you know checking out local fruits and and trying trying various like street foods and just like kind of walking local farmers markets across the world is and maybe across the supernatural world as well like the idea of like a of like a hellboy style like goblin market where he just happens yeah. to be like at a booth being like this witch is brewish outstanding that's, amazing. This is, that's very very cute and fun to me and i like it a lot does his husband make jams oh absolutely i that is uh thank you for asking because uh it is important to put this on the table that yes and uh it is a little touch that, like, he will leave a little jar of jam at, like, different markets around the sort of multiverse as, like, the, like when he stops by, he's like, here's a jar of jam. Enjoy it. It is fresh. It's boysenberry. Oh like, it's his little gift to the, the markets that he stops by along his journeys. I love that. Like, somebody converses with him and they share, like, berry-growing, me- like, I don't know, yeah. secrets that it's like, oh, here, this is from my home to you. That's a, that's a cute little touch, and I love it deeply. Oh, it's like a host present. All right. So now we're going to shuffle together those four cards that we've just marked, along with four unmarked cards. Okay. And this is going to form our personal deck. This is the deck we're going to pull from. This is the deck we're going to further mark. We are going to eventually add some cards to this deck as we go. 
Um, and like as we go, we're going to write down memories onto these cards and more information onto these cards. But for now, these eight cards are sort of our personal deck to draw from. Um, and now we're going to answer. We're going to draw our first card uh, to f- to start the game proper, which is uh, I'm going to have you draw two cards. Okay. I have drawn my unmarked five of spades and my unmarked nine of clubs. I have drawn my unmarked three of hearts and my unmarked ace of diamonds. So you are going to assign one of those cards to the following statements. Okay. Either either spades, superhero shenanigans were essential to you getting powers. Either hearts, this person was responsible for you gaining powers. Diamonds, you're, you gained your powers to defend this ideal. Or clubs, this place is the source of your powers. I like it being a person. We're going to go with hearts. And I have spades and clubs in front of me. I think I'm going to pull from... Because uh, if unmarked, I'm going to mark this card with a weird substance or concoction. And I like that a lot because mm-hmm. of what I was already talking about. That feels like the right card to mark. That makes sense. So I am going to... Did you say your heart card was unmarked or marked? Unmarked. All right. Then I am going to ask you some questions. Okay. I am going to mark my spade, my five of spades with just the big old word cicadas <laughs> well, i'm gonna put down the cicadas because i think that adds like a weird supernat if you put the in front of a thing it makes it weird and supernatural and that feels right it's it, it, accurate so uh i'm gonna ask you um you're gonna mark down the name you're gonna mark down a name uh, uh the game recommends a scientist or sorcerer but i will leave that entirely up to you and then say like was this intentional or an accident how do you feel about them and how do they feel about you i was Originally, before he said sorcerer, thinking family member, so we're going to marry the two. Okay. Um, and this is going to be from uh, her nanny, which is her maternal grandmother. And uh, it is not an accident. It is, in fact, a uh, a family boon. Hmm. I love it. I love that. I really love that. I also just really love the idea of... The protection of a family being passed down matrilineally. And uh, so this is a, like, you would think coming of age, she would have experienced this in her teens. But nah, everyone knows that, like, we're in this delayed adolescent thing now. Mm -hmm. Like, the 30s and your 20s. And so, like, you know, her nanny waited until she was out of school and kind of had the emotional capacity to deal with massive changes that's great i that's a really like you know what nani that's a really great touch i know (laughs) you know let's wait for your your frontal lobe to finish developing before throwing this on to you that's that's just good that's just good family values is what that is so kind so um so uh, so how do you feel about them and how do they feel about you uh I love my nanny, uh, and I understand why she passed this odd, because it was my time and to take that mantle from uh, my mother. But, and I think she loves me too, and it, there's there's no love lost here. The feelings of uneasiness, of questioning that come, come from whether or not I'll have, have the ability to learn to control this boon, whether I'll have the ability to... Um, do no accidental harm because you know like any power that is suddenly thrust upon someone growing pains are a thing so mm-hmm. there's the, yeah it's I, and I think 
Over here, the difference is also uh, Nani gave her the power when she was visiting India, so she's not there anymore. Uh, so we've also had this this thing of distance where things happen and then you can't really get that information from Nani until you have time to FaceTime her. And that involves like schedule juggling. And, you know, it's not as, as a hands-on an approach of training as you would like. All right. Uh, and then we should, we should, we should, I feel like we should name our, our characters at this point, because now we're going to dive into our first arc, which is the thing that happens to us when we first get our powers that invite us to use them and sort of embrace being a, a hero, a superhero. Um, I am going to name my character. I'm going to be Jerry Cyrus, the cicada. <laughs> I love that, Jerry. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, because I love spoilies and, uh, you know, interwoven references. I'm going to go with uh, Gamna. Um, and let's go with Gamna Mohan. So uh, Gamna Mohan is... I don't think she has a has a nickname yet because okay. that comes with time. All right. You gotta have to earn your title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. All right. So now we're gonna now we're each gonna play out our first arc. Yeah. Um do we want to keep going back and forth or do you wanna play out your first arc in full and, and see how that goes? Um I'm done with whatever. Let's- it's kinda fun going back and forth. Let's go back and forth. I like kind of seeing these two stories develop in unison. I think that's yeah. a nice little touch, especially because we're going to bring these characters together at some point. Okay. Absolutely. So we're each going to, we're going to shuffle those those cards, all of our cards back together. So we've got our eight card deck. Okay. And then you're going to draw six of those cards. Okay. I've had this kind of a plastic feeling deck in a very long time. They're really fun. They are. I really like the feel of them. All right. I've got my six cards in front of me. Same. Um, So here's what we're going to do. I am going to... um, I'm going to have you um, read... I'm trying to decide what the best way to do this is. I think the best way to do it is I am going to... Read you, I'll read you, I'll read all eight of the statements, and then we can kind of decide which car, which which statement we want to pull on. Because we're going to assign four of the cards we just drew to statements uh, in front of us. Okay. Either, either uh, uh, if you have a spade, the two, the two statements for spades are this became a symbol of your involvement, or you don't know it, but this is going to be a theme of your adventures. Uh, the two hearts are this person was directly threatened by events. Or, this person was your direct opposition. Diamonds, ignoring or rejecting this threatened to bring down disaster. Or, this helped you avoid disaster. And clubs, the climactic showdown took place here, or this place took heavy damage. Ooh, okay. Now what I, I, I'm thinking this through. Let me look at these diamond prompts. The only unmarked card that I have is the Ace of Diamonds. But I think, I think that the first, I think I know the first state. What, what is there a particular statement you want to pull on? Uh, I want to pull on, um, this place suffered heavy damage. Okay. Uh, so assign one of your clubs to that card and let me know if it is marked or unmarked. Uh, the club I pulled was my nine of clubs, which is unmarked. All right. If unmarked, mark the card with the ruins of place and then define what what place was damaged in your first 
arc. The first time you sort of used your powers and became comfortable with them and you were sort of pushed to action. Define the place that got hurt and then write that on your unmarked card. Okay. Uh, because we can be anywhere and any place, I'm going to pull from. Uh, I like the idea of whatever city there uh, that um, Gamna is in has some older ruins that are already kind of crumbling and have basically been incorporated into a park. Mm. And uh, so they have that they've incorporated the natural overgrown imagery of these ruins with an actual man planted and planned park and so it's the ruins of the ruins is a very interesting thing to call something that 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 is a that i love that name though that is a that is an evocative name yeah so it's just like i just have this image of like it's very it's a common common imagery in indian movies i want to say where people go to these old buildings old structures old ruins because they're kind of everywhere like the country's not big landmass wise so you kind of pile on top of each other and you just sit there and you're like have you hang out with your friends there you have picnics there so that i'm thinking that kind of a place of relaxation mm. of mm-hmm. of sitting on top of your own history in modern day uh, is where the ruins started. And then, of course, uh, they have now been ruined further in more modern ways. I I love that. That That is extremely, extremely good. I am going to, I've been, I, I've, I know, exa- I've been thinking about this and I've landed on what I want to pull on. I want to pull on, uh, I'm going to assign this diamond. It is a marked diamond. Ignoring or rejecting this, threaten to bring down disaster. And the the thing that I have, because this is a super compelling thing to assign here, ignoring a world of mystery threatened to bring down disaster. Especially for a first arc, like, as a sort of, like, opening of the of the eye so to speak of like of like i am seeing the 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 the, i am seeing the world for sort of the supernatural and weird place that it is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that being very that being initially very tied to like something kind of horrifying is extremely compelling to me yes so like like the, the vibe that i get is like there is something horrifying that like after being like sucked up by this cloud of magical cicadas and like being like like spit out of it and like I uh Jerry tried to like go back to his life <laughs> but like something else like appeared like a like a like a, a, a some kind of monster appeared right like a proper you know proper creepy creepy vampire or like some kind of like terrifying thing emerged that like almost threatened to destroy things and i want to like pull against the idea maybe maybe like i said vampire and i kind of want to pull that back because the idea as i'm talking through this the idea that this was just a weird thing that required understand i'll I'll figure out more of it as i play other cards but like the idea that this was just something that required in that very kind of sandmany way of like required seeing the world in a different way and that's what was getting people hurt and that's kind mm-hmm. of what needed to be needed to be addressed rather than like an active antagonist it was just a f- a weird thing happened and that required uh like that required examining and once it once it was understood then it could be addressed yeah like he could no longer maybe he tried to be recalcitrant at first but then was just like no 
me refusing to do this is what's going to hurt people. It has to be like, whatever it is has to like, you have to acknowledge that it is a weird supernatural thing occurring in order to fully yeah. grapple with it in whatever term, whatever, whatever, however we end up defining that. Makes sense. All like right. That. Which other statement? What's the, what other state, what statement would you like to pull on next? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out if, uh, Putting a loved one in putting a loved one in danger is just so classically comic book. And it really, really is. Unfortunately for for them. Um and because I flat out refuse to put my grandma in danger, <laughs> it's gonna be rain. Uh so this is a marked card and they were directly threatened by events. Yes. How were they threatened and did you save them? Um yes, because I'm not, uh, we're not traumatizing Kamna just yet. We're Fair. Gonna, we're I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. to that. So yes, Kamna did end up saving Rain, but uh, the danger to Rain was Kamna. Mm. Because it was early days of examining her own shape-shifting powers and not knowing her own strength and uh the one thing most of us know about tigers is that they go mess you up mm -hmm. so um having to kind of control her own strength in a different form while being guided by different powers was gamna's internal battle but rain ended up being saved uh they just have no idea that it was gamna that they were saved from so, uh, I have a question for you, then. Mm-hmm. Do you also have uh, the card with your Nani, your other heart, in front of you? I do. Because it sounds like you're also assigning it to this person was your direct opposition. If, like, if, if, if you were, if you were saving this person from, 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 or from, or did you say Nani or Gamna was the, was the, was the threat? No, Gamna was a threat. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Nani was the threat for a second. No, I no. Got... I'm just saying I no, I do not want to put Nani in danger. She's just an got... old lady in India. Let's leave her alone. <laughs> I appreciate that. I respect it and I appreciate it. Um, I, meanwhile, am actively going to put Henry in danger, I think. That That's feels fair. right. It feels right. This feels like a thing that threatened the home, threatened our, like, our hometown. This threatened the town of Morrison. Like, that feels right. And it feels right to, it feels right that, like, Whatever this is, and I'm trying to think, maybe it is, like, uh, just pulling on the first weird thing that pops into my head, like, if it is properly, like, if it is, like, a time loop scenario, because I'm a sucker mm -hmm. for a good time loop, like, that's, like, that is an intri- like, the idea that, like, you have to, you know, because uh, if I'm pulling on supernatural things that you have to learn the rules to in order to sort of escape from. Oh, so good. The idea, and and plus, like having grown up in the country, the idea that nothing ever happens is its own kind of horror, and so like <laughs> that exacerbated to just like time has frozen, and like plants are withering, and like the 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 sun is beating down, and it has been daylight for like six weeks, and it just will not change. Ooh, is good horror energy. I love that because it's horror, but it's not dark. Yeah, literally dark. It's just daytime like, horror is a whole other like. Ooh, ooh. I like that. I really like that energy of like it is just been frozen at like two fifteen p.m. for weeks, and it's Oof. just stuck there. And like the danger is that like 
the farm is drying up, right? Yeah, like fr- getting fried under the yeah, sun. Yeah, and like, uh, and and so like the 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 very like I'm putting Henry in danger by way of saying like there are very there are threats, you know, supernatural that like time is frozen, but like people are reacting to that, and like that is also going to put Henry in danger in a very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I can define the villain, uh, I will. I will define the villain as capitalism and say like. <laughs> If you if if the farm is drying up, the bank is coming knocking, yeah. and like people are reacting to this in very human ways, which is and very and like capitalism is reacting to this in very toxic capitalist ways, and being like, hey, you still gotta pay your bills even if time has been frozen. Yeah, and I also see the other part of it. Uh, sadly, to bring it to the real world, is that most of the people who don't live by the sun in the same way as the farmers do are just like what's the big deal Mm -hmm. like oh wait it's daytime you get like it's so nice you don't have to worry about like seasonal affective disorder or yeah you know like uh, running out of daylight or whatever that sounds wonderful without thinking of the implications of never ending sun on your livelihood (laughs) yeah i really like that i love that all right what's the next thing you want to pull on Okay, let's see. So I have pulled on... What if we go for some diamonds? All right. Uh, Would you like to say ignoring or rejecting this threaten to bring down disaster, or this helped you avoid disaster? Oh, I think this helped me avoid disaster, because the diamond I have is my marked one, which is uh, light through darkness. I love that. So... Um, you are going to, uh, describe the moment where you trusted your instincts and they were good. Uh, let's, just to kind of wrap it into, we have the situation where Kamna and Rain and possibly some other people from the co-op are at these ruins. They're having a great old time. Um, a threat appears, Kamna runs off, transforms, and, uh, essentially is just filled with so much rage and anger at the threat to the people she cares about uh, that it kind of gets a little bit uncontrollable and that hence we get the situation of she has to save them rain from uh herself and i think over here the light through darkness is is the lesson of accepting that monstrosity accepting that power and you can't learn the bounds of your power if you're fighting them the whole time that feels good i really love that that's awesome. Yeah, so by taking a deep breath and accepting that everything was different and that she couldn't control it in the same way as she controls other aspects of her life, she was able to turn to actually realize the gift part of this boon instead That's of cool. just the curse part. So I am also going to pull on I am also going to pull on a diamond and pull on something that helped me avoid disaster because I have my only unmarked card is the Ace of Diamonds that is in front of me. Hey, I also have an Ace of Diamonds. I wonder what that's going to be. <laughs> and the 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 thing that I like, and I'd like to to mark a card in this segment, so I'm putting it there just to mark the thing. And I already did. Uh, I already ignored and rejected a thing, but this feels good. Because like I I'm, I'm thinking about it and I feel like what's right for this story beat is I'm writing down people, it's always people. Because I think that, like, that really, that energy feels good, right? Like, if this is if this idea of, like, it is frozen, it is daylight, you know, the farm is is, is drying up, 
it feels like a very good energy of like as this person who is like teleporting or can like teleport through these sorts of like dust and bug clouds and has sort of chaos magic-y energy i like that idea that like it be maybe it maybe what it is and maybe the way that you understand it and eventually beat it is people in this people in morrison have to look out for one another you know uh-huh. like the people the people in sort of the city center you y'all have water cans and like you bring the water cans out to the field well like like i can gather the water cans and we kind of see you know he appears he appears in a cloud and steps out and like talks to someone and they're like well it's been day like it's been days and i haven't been able to sleep and so like he goes to the store and he gets like blackout curtains and like it's those little things of like organ like like organizing the community and like bringing them together to support one another in the little ways that they can is the is the way that like eventually you know the whatever has settled on this time loop is is bested because like the town adjusts to learning to work together without the with like learn to work together within the confines of the time loop i like that that's sick i really i'm very happy with that yeah all right you have one more card to assign one more card um all right so I am going to go with the spade I pulled, which is the Eight of Spades. Okay. Um, and it is predatory silence. Is that a symbol of your involvement or is that an ongoing theme of your adventures? I like it being an ongoing theme of adventures. Uh, I still need to figure out how, but silence is usually portrayed as it so disquieting. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of the silence evolving over time from something that is uncomfortable, something that is disquieting, to something that um, belies power and strength, and I, something I you can that. use to your advantage. I love that. So, what does that look like in your first adventure? As Gamna is is transforming and is 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 adre- you know dealing with this with this threat. What does that what does that silence look like this first time it sort of comes up in a very real way? Um. Uh, the silence in the first time when Gabna was facing this threat in her tiger, her white tiger form was um, it was internal silence because it was learning how to find stillness when everybody around you is panicking and screaming. And uh, at first there was the internal battle, the pu- the push and pull of, you know, her, her tiger nature and, the people running around, the people screaming, and being able to focus that and clear her mind and become that predator mm. to take down the threat. And that was when she found her silence. And I think it's probably one of those moments where, like, we've talked about this, like, when a cat is silent and getting ready to pounce, that silence is not just the cat's, it's, it emanates from the cat, same way, the silence, the pre- like it. I can also imagine it just like stopping all screams as yeah. she got ready to to pounce because everybody was just waiting with bated breath to see what happens. That's awesome, and I think briefly, like the last card that I'm going to assign is like where the climactic showdown with this like time loop occurs. Mm. And because I've got this club in front of me that is a farmer's market and like (laughs) the local farmer's market being like, 
kind of like the place where like I imagine a bunch of like trucks and cars and you know uh, like we see like we see some some hybrid cars from the city and we see some pickup trucks from the farming from the farmland like truly like the town comes together at this market and like it becomes like this very bustling space of like people exchanging what they need and like you know turning down money and being like tell me what you need and i got you like and that in that in that moment like by bringing this community together and by like helping the people that is sort of when like the the sun sets like we see the sunset over this farmer's market and it is kind of a this moment and you know jerry and henry are standing together and like arm arm you know arm around henry's shoulders gives him a big kiss of like what it took was understanding how to understanding how to interact with this supernatural presence and understanding how to support one another in a world in which these supernatural things occur i love that that's so that's great and I love the, the the visual of a farmer's market also kind of becoming like a um like a disaster relief center. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So here's what I would like to do. Okay. I'm looking at the time. I think that we've got time for two arcs. And I'm thinking I would love to learn more about Gamna. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that Jerry, I think Cicada's in a nice place where I can set aside Cicada for a little bit. Okay. Bring him back for a team up because I would love to see an arc play out with Gamna. Okay. I don't know which arc. If you've got a preference on the list of arcs in the book, I'll read them off for the listeners because uh, all of them are great. There is Adventure, which is a regular superhero adventure. There is Big Time, Saving the World, not just the neighborhood. Cosmic Adventures. There is Crime Fighting. There is a crossover event, which is a big deal event for multiple players. Death, which is probably not as final as you would expect. Uh, finding your place. There is government work. There is a grimdark reimagining. Uh, there is a league of evil. There is the mantle. Mentoring. Nemesis. Relationship. Sidekick life. The super team or transformation. So two immediately are interesting to me and maybe are, will be interesting for the listeners. Uh, the ones that immediately stood out to me are Cosmic Adventure and grimdark retelling i would is there uh is i'm immediately like i i now that you've put them both in front of me cosmic does see like the idea of seeing gamna seeing the the arc in which gamna goes to space is i great. know it sounds so fun what the heck is a tiger gonna do in space i don't know but i want to find out i think that's the one that i want to chase after okay let's do it all right so Here's how the here's what we're going to do to set this up. Um, da, 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 da. Most of the car, I'm just reading through it. Uh, so for the purposes of this arc, when you draw a marked card, these are a few of your options. If it is something that makes sense, use it. If it is something that could have followed you into space or has an opportunity to, for you to arrive in space, arrive in a cosmic adventure, and you know, uh, describe how that may have happened. Or if it's something, or maybe it's something extremely like the thing on the card, perhaps in key thematic ways, a clone, a psychic projection, or come up with whatever is relevant, but like play off of the cards in your, the cards in your personal deck, however you're going to play off of them. Okay. Let me see if you need to add any cards. All right. So here's, so we're going to now define who or what are you pitting yourself against this time? Draw two cards and assign one to the following statements. Either the threat is this, but on a cosmic scale. 
The threat is derived from this person. They summon it, created it, or are the template for it. The threat embodies this principle taken too far. Or the threat is this place given sentience. Or if it's a group, the, a group working as a hive mind. Oh, okay, okay. All right, let's see. Come on, cards. All of those sound like really fun things to do. Two very normal <laughs> options. Okay, so first card is the Eight of Diamonds, and the second is the Seven of Spades. The Eight of Diamonds is uh, light through darkness, and uh, the Seven of Spades is unmarked. Would you like to do an unmarked card or a marked card? Uh, I think I think let's go with the unmarked card because we're in space, damn it. All right. <laughs> Mark the card with a god, space, empire, or sentient celestial phenomenon. Okay, I will do that. What is the first big cosmic-y thing that comes to your mind? Uh, I like, I like space gods. Space gods feels good. I'm a sucker. I am an absolute sucker for a good space god. Uh, I like the idea of we can just pick the equivalent of like a pantheon or a group of gods, but they're actually just deeply old, powerful beings in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to stick thematically because Skamna's powers come from Indian themes. We're going to stick with Indian gods. Uh, Let's see if I can manage to make this non-Hindu Indian gods because that's always a challenge. Uh, Now you're going to draw two cards. You're going to draw two more cards and assign two to the following following statements. The threat is accumulating power by consuming other powerful things. It is expanding by co-opting leaders and influential individuals. It is attacking reality directly, or it is taking control of places and populations en masse. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Um, the cards that I drew are the Eight of Spades, which is Predatory Silence. Ooh, we can do some cool stuff with that. Okay, That's really cool, is the thing. <laughs> and the other one is the Ten of Clubs, which is my little co-op. Um... I am very, very, uh, ooh, okay, we're gonna go with predatory silence, uh, lean into the predatory nature of it, Mm -hmm. and the threat is accumulating power because human beings are growing more silent on average. People are speaking less, people are Mm. making less noise, people are falling into a stillness that is deeply unnatural and deeply unnerving. And in goes, it plugs right into that uncanny valley part of your brain where it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Going That's into cool. park and hearing nothing, being on the subway, and there are no sounds of movement or rustling, or people clicking through apps on their phones, nothing. It's just That's... stillness. That's so cool. All right. Draw two more cards and assign one to the following statements. The threat wants you or your power specifically. This person has attracted the attention of the threat. The threat feels you're supporting this principle incorrectly. Or the threat is coming for your home planet, dimension, or etc. The cards I pulled here are the Nine of Clubs and the Ace of Diamonds. The Ace of Diamonds is unmarked. The Nine of Clubs is the Ruin of the Ruins. I'm kind of tempted to go with marking the Ace of Diamonds. Okay. The threat feels that you're supporting... A principle incorrectly. So if unmarked, mark that card with something you believe but wouldn't kill for. And why would the gods prefer that you do that? And why won't you? Ooh, let's pick on some philosophical dilemmas. Um, 
there's the classic, I will pick. Everybody wants to say that if it came to someone they love versus a bigger, a bigger group of people that they don't know or care for, that they would pick the larger, they would play the numbers game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to say that. It's hard to do that. And I think that's, uh, let break it down simplistically to the concept of the greater good that sometimes sacrifice are needed for the greater good. And, but there's an unwillingness to sacrifice what she loves. You know, she wants to find mm-hmm. either a way out or find a way to sacrifice herself instead of the people she loves. And I can see the gods being like, individuals don't matter. Like this, if the, the choice is between your, between rain and 10 people or between your nani and 10 people, you have to pick the 10 people. And can I can I throw you a, a pitch that ties some things together? Yes, please. If this silence is a supernatural presence, right? If this silence is like its own space god that is like the form of this silence, and it like it is consuming, maybe it is that like maybe for the greater, maybe maybe the maybe like the the stance of the space gods is like. If it has already, if it is already taking Earth, we have to stop it at Earth before it gets anywhere else. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like it's like, and then that's that idea of like, well, Earth is my home. Like that idea yeah. that like, Earth is everything I know and love. Because if it's on a cosmic scale, that idea of like, well, the whole planet's got to go. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. All right, so now you can pull. Um, I'm gonna have you pull. Draw from your 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 other deck, your main deck of cards, the full the full deck until you draw an un until you draw a heart or spade, and then you're gonna set that card aside. Okay, and so by full deck you mean my deck of eight or my deck of deck of fifty two minus eight, whatever okay. that number is. All right, all right. I'm not I'm not doing math today. How dare math. you? No, we're superheroes. When was the last time a punchy superhero did math? Like, okay, I'm not I'm not Iron Man. No. Okay, a heart or a spade. A heart said. or a spade, and you're gonna mark that with the leader of the threat, and and that can be the 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 source of the silence or the the particular the particular god that is sort of demanding that Earth Earth uh be torn asunder. Okay, I am picking the. I got the four of spades, and um, we're gonna go with. I'm gonna be generic. The goddess of prosperity. Hmm. There is no who believes, I guess, that there is no more prosperity to be had on Ooh. Earth. It is time. They are running like words have run out. The 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 prosperity has died. All right. Um. So how this is? So you're going to now have your first stand against the cosmic threat. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're going to draw four cards and assign two to the following statements. If you run out of cards in your deck, you'll just pick them all up and shuffle them, and then keep drawing. So we're back to my personal deck? Yes. Okay, I only have two cards left. So you'll draw uh, those two cards and then shuffle the other six and keep and draw the, the remaining two from the from the cards you've uh, discarded. Okay, so let me... The two I, I drew are my Queen of Hearts, which is Rain, and the Three of Hearts, which is my Nani. And... Da, da, da. Two more cards. Okay, I've got the Ten of Clubs, which is the co-op. And the seven of spades, which is the space god. All right, space gods. Uh, yeah. So the, the the two the statements that you're going to assign two cards to is this flavors the entire confrontation, or this plays a brief but crucial role in the clash. Those are both spades. 
Uh-huh. Your hearts are this person's interference costs you a hard-fought victory, or this person pulls you out of the fire when all seems lost. Diamonds, you display this principle while fighting, or you could have defeated the threat, but in doing so would cause damage to reality, or the laws of reality make them undefeatable at this time. And then spay or clubs, this place is where the main conflict happened, or you lead this group against the threat, or they lead it against you. Okay. Immediately, I want to deputize the co-op. Okay, yep, love it. <laughs> I just love a bunch of these, like, sort of hippie, mostly chill people living in a co-op together, you know, just trying to survive under capitalism. Just being like, man, screw this, we're used to terrible odds. Uh, we're not accepting defeat. I feel like that's basically the uh, the millennial... That feels good. I like, like that. Like survival statement, right? Like everything's been against us the whole time. It's fine. <laughs> we, know how, we know how to fight diminishing odds. So um, I will be leading the co-op against the threat to our planet. What uh, What other uh, you are going to assign one more card? Uh, do you want to flavor the confrontation? Play a brief but crucial role? Have someone interfere? Pull someone out of the fire? Display a principle or uh, or be unable to display a principle or describe where the fight happens. I feel like uh, since I have two hearts here, I got to draw on one of them. Um, I want, because I think it's just a very sweet storytelling mechanic, I would like my nani to pull us out of the fire when all seems lost. I really like that. Now, here's my question. Does Nani have her power still or not? Uh, Nani does not have mm. power still. It is a mantle that is passed down. And, like, it's by no means meant to, like, grant you immortality. Right. Uh, but it's 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 a tool to help you, ha- to make sure there's always somebody who can do, uh, who somebody who can protect, somebody who can fight. And so, uh, Nani's, man, like, she's a retired prize fighter. Like That's she's out here right. enjoying her life and retirement, and uh, I also see uh, Nani just being one of those people who's like, okay, well, I may not have my power to fight, but I've I've still got the body that I have, and mm-hmm. when it comes to cosmic threats, and I'm sure her own experiences being uh being the tiger, she knows that. Sometimes a little slice of humanity is what it takes instead of massive amounts of power. I love it. I really, really love it. Uh, which brings us to the twist. We have our battle. Well, I guess the the questions that I have to ask is, what does the initial clash look like and do you win? Uh, I, I think the we're, we're having a space fight. Yeah. Uh, because the goddess of prosperity is sending down, is, is collecting powers to destroy home destroy our planet earth and we're mounting a resistance and so the clash looks like a dope space fight yeah i feel like when as things grow more silent i think people are falling more still so i just also have this image of like the co-op just being like one of the people in the co-op is obviously some like works for a literal brain trust and it's just like oh yeah i know people who have access codes we can just take it from them because they're not moving or talking so we just like walk in and get our like space super secret space uh space flight capable planes to go have this fight and we have a fight in outer space i like that. I don't know how a tiger gets involved but it does happen sick love it <laughs> awesome 
Um, which brings us to the twist. The, the twist. battle is unfolding, right? Um, the battle is unfolding and the threat's true plan is revealed. You're going to draw four cards and either assign one or two, depending on how we feel, to the following statements. Uh, this was key in your discovery of what the threat was really up to. That's a spade. Heart, this person knew everything and spilled the beans. Diamonds, this uh, someone who shares this principle defects from the threat's service and brings vital info. Or clubs, this threat left clues here, which tells you what their real goal is. Um, I, so the uh, next four cards are the, uh, four, uh, leftover. And I like the idea of the diamond, which is, um, greater good over personal desires. Mm. And someone who shares this principle defects from the threat service. It is another god. Because that sounds right. That feels I, good. That's I good feel godly like drama. If, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna defeat a god, you gotta get gods involved. Oh yeah, for sure. Um who'd be a fun god to fight the goddess of prosperity? I mean, we could. I I, I mean, we could just go with the god of dreams. God of dreams is good. God of dreams is real good. I mean How do you how do you have dreams without people? If you're pulling if you're if you're if uh, there is a, a brief comic book story about the creation of Thanos uh, in Marvel Comics, where Thanos, the artist originally drew Thanos to look very specifically like Metron from the New Gods. Oh, nice. Put him in a little chair, put the little hands in front of his face. And the editor at the time looked at it and went, if you're going to steal, if you're going to steal, steal from the most popular. And that is why they redesigned him to look like Darkseid. And all of that is to say... If we're gonna steal. If we're gonna be stealing vibes from Sandman, we may as well steal Sandman. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. So I like the god of the god of dreams is very, very good. Yes, and I can also see the god of dreams having a good reason to defect from greater good or personal desires because dreams are it, dreams are personal. Well, then I am going to have you uh, draw six, draw, shuffle your deck, draw okay. six cards, and this is the this is the hard line battle. This is the this is the ultimate showdown. Here's uh, my question: the yeah. Goddess of Prosperity card that I drew earlier is shuffle, that in my in my deck? Shuffle that shuffle that into your deck. I think okay. I want that, especially for this at this moment. I want that in the deck. That's that's why I wanted to ask. Okay, all right. Am I drawing? I'm drawing four. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Boom. And okay. We have haha, the Ace of Diamonds again, which is now the God of Dreams. Alright. Um, we've got seven of spades, which are space gods generally, the the rest of them. Uh we have the Ten of Clubs, which is my co-op friends. And then we have Queen of Hearts, which is my on-again, off-again partner Rain. Uh so the statements I'm assigning. Uh, the statements that you are assigning are there are three options for spades. You use your powers to their fullest against the threat. Something about you in particular makes you invulnerable to the threat's mightiest attacks. This uh, weighs in to tilt the scales of the conflict in your favor. Hearts, this person tries to sacrifice themselves to contain the threat. You communicate with the threat somehow and your victory is at least one of words as much as struggle. Diamonds, the threat holds to a code of sorts and so you know what it will not do. The threat's actions are undermining its own victory, all you have to do to survive. And the key to your victory is indefatigable in, in, in will. Uh, something about the, and then clubs, something about the nature of this place 
supports you in your struggle, or you have the backing of an army, community, or organization that you didn't have before? Uh, I'm tempted to go grand in this. And so I'm thinking the seven of spades, which is the rest of the space gods. Um, mm. And I like them weighing in to tilt the scales of conflict in your That's favor. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I see this being a thing where it's God against God, it's forces against forces, and like this just being this deep standstill and a battle that is both massive but also quiet, and the other space gods eventually just being like, get your shit together. <laughs> I really like that. That's cool. I love that. Uh, so you have three more statements to assign. Three more statements. Okay. Um, I like the idea of Rain trying to um, sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. Because that's appropriate for a comic book. Um, it is. But I will not let them do it. I like that. But I do not let them because of the aforementioned issue with mm-hmm. personal preferences over greater good. And, um... I like that conflict turning micro and macro at the same time. That's sick. Yeah. So, I... While I was saving them, though, I think... They think the sacrifice was necessary. I'm trying to think about what... what, It's hard when you think about things on a cosmic scale. Like, what does Mm -hmm. one human think their own sacrifice is going to do for the cosmic scale? Um, My guess is, as somebody who has been an intellectual rival for me for a long time, I do think that Rain probably tried to go make a deal. Mm, That's great. That's really good. Rain tried to go make a deal with the goddess of prosperity uh, to see what she could do. And then I, sorry, what they could do. And I said, no, that's not acceptable. We're going to find another way out of this. And uh, I want to say that probably as a result of this, my tiger form sustained some very drastic damage. Cool. Can I go completely rogue? This is our our this is our game, so we can yes, change the rules as needed. Always. Can you pull a heart out of your 40-some card deck, whatever the first heart card you pull up is? I sure can. Let's find out. Five of hearts. There we go. Can you write on that card the cicada? Oh yes. Because I would love for this, like I'm because I'm like I I I'm 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 thinking this through, and I'm like I we could do a we could do a team up a full team up arc after this. It might run this episode long, which I would be okay with. But I'm also like this is this also just feels like a good opportunity to like. If this is a comic, like, bring in that character, yes. right? Like, this feels like that moment of, like, what it, like, that character, like, appears to play a role in the fight. I'm not sure. Let me look at the hardline prompts. What if the, what if, like, because, like, and that also ties into the, like, what he did last time of, like, using words. Like, if it's, if it's. If it's that he plays a role in this as, like, a person of the people and as a, like, entity of the people, 
this feels like a great opportunity for that character. Like the, the end of an yeah. issue for that character to show up in a cloud of things and be like, and be like, we do this by working together and like, we like supporting in that way. That just, that feels like a good crossover opportunity. And that also means that that card exists in your deck. And that's a fun little touch. Yes. I, I like that. Um, because once again, what's a better opportunity to get other heroes involved than, you know, the entire world being at stake? Yeah. That feels like the right opportunity for that moment. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. What's next then? So how many cards have you assigned? I think that's three. I Yes. So we have Space Gods, Rain, and the Cicada. Do you want to assign one more? Okay. Uh, let's see, what did I pull? I like the... This just feels personal and human to me. The key to your victory is indefatigable, indefatigable. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only read that word. That's a a word that I've read. And, you know, I I subscribe to the belief that it's a good thing when you see a word and you can't pronounce it because it means you learned it via book. Exactly. But I'm staring Uh, at this word and I'm like the podcaster and he's like, nope. The will that shan't be defeated. Yes. Um... I like that. That seems very human. I it's like that very, a lot. It's uh, very, uh, Captain America, I can do this all day. I like that. I really like that energy. And, uh, the diamond I have in hand is, ironically, the ideal greater good over personal desires. And, um, you keep fighting for it. Yeah. Your personal desire to stop doesn't matter. Your personal desire to lay down and throw your weapons down doesn't matter. And 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 that ties in nicely to that. I like if I can throw in a note. I think, and maybe this is a this is maybe also a close up shot on Cicada. Like watching this, and we kind of get whatever weird effect Cicada's narration bubbles have. Like we kind of see that play out. Yeah. Whatever kind of weird bubble effect we see, because it's a he's a horror character and he's gonna have weird narration bubbles. We kind of see that because like what I'm hearing and what I want to propose to you is like. What that tells me is that your desire to fight for your friends and the people that you live for and care about is so strong that that's what turns the will of the gods themselves in your favor. Ooh, yes. I like that. And whatever eldritch being is, like, silencing the world, like, that is what turns the gods to say, like, no, we fight, we fight together and, like, it, it it brings it brings you it brings you you know it brings that brings the gods onto your side to like undo this cosmic thing uh on the like like in one sort of magical moment yeah it comes down to a big we're not done yet yeah and so we have one final question okay um do you this 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 threat this this thing that is silencing the world do you imprison it? Do you destroy it? Or do you drive it off? I don't know. I feel I would say that if it were just Gamna, I'd be like, I don't know if she's got the power to destroy it. But when you have the cicada with you, mm. I feel like this is a good opportunity for a team up. This is. You got bugs and you got a tiger. You got a, you got them fighting together. And and so and 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 this sounds like a horror. This sounds like a horror antagonist, right? Like this, yeah. like whatever is like a, an entity that has driven the world silent. Sounds like a uh 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 uh. That sounds like an antagonist that first showed up in the cicadas like solo book. Oh, absolutely. 
And I also like the idea that the cicada is, by pure nature, you know, an antithesis to silence. Mm-hmm. So, so what I, the, the visual that I'm going to propose, if I may, I've got a visual in mind. Um, I'm going to say that this entity is known as, uh, is known as the sequestered archivist. They are an entity, like, they embody as a, as a writer surrounded by, by notebooks and journals that their, their library of other library of, 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 of filled out notebooks is like, has, you know, the words of the universe are in this thing, right? Like, and I think that like having been awoken and having been like brought into existence has taken the words of the universe and placed them into its journals. So, and the vibe, you saying the cicada is naturally like a po- like an oppositional force to silence. The idea of every person on earth, like letting out like a brief powerful scream is cool as hell like hell that is such yeah. a cool that is like that is such a cool like undoing of this like silent entity and like all of these books bursting into flames in one giant moment yeah. i think destroy is the right option because that just feels that feels kind of horrifying and kind of cathartic and kind of just big and fantastical in a way that is sick yes oh and it also it makes it puts me in mind of uh classical Indian wisdom and the power of the Om being the sound that reverberates through the universe and drawing that on that in a horror way the screams let out by humanity once they are broke they have broken the bounds of the silence reverberating so powerfully as one that's so that it cool. destroys this creature is mm, chef's kiss I love that. That's so sick. And so I, uh, there's one thing that I'd like to propose. Okay. This is a two-part thing. Mm-hmm. One part for the story and one part to you, Pooja, my friend. Okay. I think that, like, as that happens, right? Like, I, we are kind of standing in the ruins of the ruins. I think um, Cicada, I I don't even necessarily, I'm now visualizing him in my head. I don't even think he wears a costume. I think it's in that Sandman vein of like, he's just in his, he's just his a guy. jeans. He's just kind of a, kind of an odd looking guy that like has maybe like some swirling mist around him, like as like a point of course. There's always that bug flying around him that, you know, you can do the, like, yeah. the hand, but he doesn't do the hand swat. No. Hands, <laughs> Other hands people want to. Hands comfortably in the pockets as, like, a small number of bugs sort of swirl around and, like, they're kind of met with, like, a swirling dust cloud. Yeah. Um, I think he stands there. They stand in the ruins of the ruins and he looks around and he says to Gamna, we have much bigger things to deal with. <laughs> and so the th- that's the story beat. And the thing that I want to propose to you, Pooja, my friend... I think that we're going to need to do a part two of this episode. Hell yeah! I think that there are that these characters have more adventures to tell, and I have more cards to write shit on. Yes. I think we'll get this on the calendar, but I think if you would like to come back and continue these stories, I would like that very much. 100% yes. Ooh, maybe we can go grimdark next time. Maybe we can go grimdark next time. That feels like a good, that feels like a good twist. Yeah. 
Uh, but this was sick. Pooja, thank you so, so much fun. for coming on the show. This was a blast and a half. I am absolutely beaming. I had the best time telling stories with you. It's always super fun. It's the most and, fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing more storytelling together uh, in a couple of weeks anyway before we record again so this is true this is true this is true um yeah so real quick before we wrap up where can people find you and your work online uh the best place to find me is on twitter where i am at puja p-u-j-a and that usually has my streaming schedule in the link and otherwise pujabarwaki on all other platforms where i was not quite as early an adopter All right. Well, my friend, thank you so much. And until we play together together again, uh, this has been so much fun. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Pooja for coming on to the show. I here's the thing. I really love superhero comics. I'm pretty sure that's well known at this point. But like this episode was such a wonderful distillation of like what I love in superhero comics and like getting to share that story with a good friend was just like a really wonderful experience that I'm extremely, extremely grateful for. I've had a smile on my face since we played this game. I could not have enjoyed it more and I cannot wait to put part two on our calendar so that we can put a little bit more superhero adventure into our lives. Be sure to follow Pooja on Twitter, at Pooja. Then be sure to follow all of the Twitch streams that she's on, because they're all very, very good. And be sure to head to the show notes for your own copy of CSUX, currently on Kickstarter. Back it. Help make it a reality, because I really want this game to be a thing. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. Uh, And if you enjoyed the show, you can consider leaving us a nice iTunes review on uh, Apple or Spotify. I don't know why I forgot that. You can recommend the show to a friend or shout us out on social media. You can support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Or you can head to bit.ly slash party of one merch and pick up a party of one t-shirt. Once you have done all of that, and I'll know when you've done all of that, and don't think that you can skip ahead. If after all that you're looking for another podcast to listen to, check out All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, in which every week my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. You can also check out Yezeba's Bed and Breakfast, a four-episode miniseries about a heartless witch, a peaceful house, and the many people making their home inside. That show recently won Best of the Best uh, in Fiction Podcasting at New Jersey WebFest, which I am still not f- not done freaking out about. And you can find it at tinyurl.com slash podcast. Now then, Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show as a guest, or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I believe with all of that said, I think that's all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.